Hello, everyone. This is Greg, your host of Goddamn GameCube. Welcome to Season 3. If you enjoy listening to our show, consider subscribing to us on YouTube for exclusive video content. Thank you and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Goddamn GameCube. Greg and Beppy are your hosts today. We are back with Derek, and we are continuing our Metal Gear Solid retrospective with Metal Gear Solid 3. Um, before we start, I want to tell fans a little anecdote about um, my time with Metal Gear Solid 3. So um, I played Metal Gear Solid 3 for the first time about a month ago. Mm-hmm. I had never played it before, and this is a direct comparison to... So, Beppy played the Silent Hill games for the first time this year, and so we both had like a very like strange experience mm-hmm. where I think when, when you were playing Silent Hill 2, you know, Silent Hill 2, is, I think, is like perfect, and you were telling me things about it that you didn't like or yeah. that you had problems with, and I'm like yelling at you in a private chat, what are you talking about? Silent Hill 2 is perfect! And then, you know, I'm playing Metal Gear Solid 3, and there's stuff about it I don't like, and you're like, what are you talking about? You just don't come into this with the right attitude. <laughs> Well, and stuff like that. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think that's true of you and, and true of me. But I, my, my purpose on this podcast is to learn to like things, and I did come out with a with a mm-hmm. fervent appreciation by the end of that. And I hope you've come away with an appreciation appreciation of this game as well, yeah. despite its faults, which I agree with you about. So yeah, I did. So um, I just want to say to people listening, I played some of these Metal Gears for the first time this year. So my perspective on these is there was no nostalgia here. There was no favoritism. I just played it for what it was. So why don't we get it going? Uh, Beppy, take it away. This is Metal Gear Solid 3. Yes, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Thank you, Derek, for coming back. I, I, Yeah, interesting interesting, uh, that we've all experienced this in uh, different points in our lives. I don't think any of us played it when it came out. Nope. Um, so this one uh, is set in the 1960s. It's a very uh, kind of fresh take. Notably, uh, Mr. Kojima did not want to come back after two. He's been trying to, well, he had been trying to leave the series each successive entry. Um, but I guess he just had this like very specific vision for this game. And I think it's um, uh, it's a really well conceived idea for the Mm -hmm. most part do you guys have anything to say in particular about the setting of this game sure um i just want to say like something i took away from playing the metal gear solid games for the first time but in 2021 that um the the chronology of the games even though it spans so many games actually makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. which i did not expect yeah and this game taking place being the it's the first game in the chronology Mm -hmm. which i found interesting and it actually made the rest of them make more sense to me Mm -hmm. so i was very surprised that it was the first one jared do you have anything to say about the setting well i um I think it, the, the fact that they're sort of starting fresh with a whole new storyline uh, rather than following up the events of MGS2 immediately afterwards is uh, is the main reason why MGS3 doesn't suffer from part three syndrome, as mm-hmm. I call it. Yeah. Because, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. it's, it's right. inherently totally different. I think, different. like, like yeah. and I, I don't remember if other movies had done this at the time, but you see it more now is that the third one is a prequel. Yep. And it's like such, like, the Kingsman is doing it now and a couple other series. And it's just like, it's it's such a good idea because there's so much baggage associated with you know mgs2 and we'll get into that later but in terms of i think you needed kind of a not only like a fresh 
perspective, a fresh take on the series, but it's also one of the most straightforward stories mm-hmm. and maybe the most successful straightforward. I mean, it's only one in three really that have like normal stories. And I think this is, this is definitely very successful. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's set in 1964 and it has kind of, um, so, certain aspects of it are kind of like a classic James Bond, uh, st- you know, kind of uh, aesthetic. Like you have the theme song, everybody knows. Wait, can we talk about it for a second? Of course. <laughs> so, dude, oh my God. Like when I turned this game on, keep in mind, I knew nothing about it. Like I came in totally dry. Mm-hmm. And um, w- when this theme song started, I laughed and not because I thought it was bad, because I thought it was such a good idea. Oh, yeah. Like it's, I was like, no way. Such a choice. Are they doing yeah. like a Bond thing? I, it, I, you guys ever have those moments where you laugh because they were so clever and I wish I thought of it first? Yeah. I mean, the song is super cheesy, but charming. I like, like it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it didn't. It didn't bother me at all. I no, it, it captures a lot of like the the weird like tonal things that are are funny about this game and how, mm-hmm. you know, it, like the song is is very like stupid, but it's super well performed, which yes. I think is another like great thing about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, and so I think that like that kind of is a nice little intro to to so this game is like has a lot of stupid moments in it but they're still like <laughs> like it's it, there's an attention to detail that you're you're you know you're familiar with from the last couple there was there's, mm-hmm. they haven't lost the humanity of the story at all and so i thought it was so interesting that it started out this way um kind of an inventive throwback setting where a lot of the tech is a lot lower than it is in the you know there's no uh, arsenal gear or, you know internet stuff it's all using the radio instead of the codec. Um, there is, there's a couple moments that are kind of, so everybody knows at this point that, you know, those hovercraft things in the, in the jungle, we know they're real, that, that they did exist mm-hmm. at a certain point, but I still think it like, I don't necessarily agree with like when they do like future, like actually technically it did exist. Like the, right. if you're in the game and you're in the 1960s, you're going to see that like, that looks weird. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, certain moments kind of take you out of it in that sense, but overall it kind of commits to that, that 19, the older setting. Yeah. Pretty cool. So you are now instead of, um, solid snake and riding, you are playing as a young, big boss, codename naked snake Mm -hmm. um and i I thought that was a really cool idea i think they were pretty transparent about it um in the pre-release um where you're kind of just seeing this like monolithic figure in his youth like Mm -hmm. one of his first earliest missions um doing some espionage in russia um shortly after jfk is killed the cuban missile crisis all that stuff kind of um at the height of the cold war and the premise is essentially that you are investigating uh, you're trying to get a uh, sokolov the very um kind of mimi uh russian scientist who wants to defect and um in the midst of this uh of this rescue attempt um, you are encountering uh, Snake's mentor, the boss. So this is try and keep up here. Big Boss's mentor, the boss, mm-hmm. uh, is a woman, which I thought was pretty cool. Like very uh, kind of you know because you're always told Big Boss is like the best of the best, and then like his mentor is this this figure that is not really talked about. I thought like this character for because I this is the fourth time I played this game. Um, and I, this character uh, was a lot more successful for me this time now that I'm a little more mature. Do you guys have anything to say about uh, the boss in terms of her presentation and, uh, you know, voice acting, you know, kind of the concept of the character before we get into spoilers? I mean, I mean nothing other than that she's a great character. I mean, I mean, very, I, I love the way, um, uh, <clears throat> how do I describe her? 
I'd say she's very motherly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, on purpose, I yeah, think. Yeah, which is a which is an interesting dynamic uh, between your, the main character and his and his mentor. Yeah. Um, Don't they always? I, I feel I could be incorrect because I have only played the game once. Don't they? kind of hint at like you're not sure if snake loves her as like a mother or as like a romantic figure yeah it's, it's kind of muddled it's kind of muddled no, I, I i never took away any uh any romance from that okay i, I thought i thought it was purely like he, he just looks up to her okay uh, sure yeah because she, taught, she taught him everything he knows right there there's um yeah there there's kind of a kind of a gray area in terms of some of the dialogue when he's talking to eva later on mm-hmm. but um i i do find a little distracting that she's voiced by uh Lori allen who also voices uh mr crab's daughter pearl on spongebob oh really so if you pay attention you'll you'll kind of uh <laughs> wow you'll start to notice wow um uh, it's pretty wild but it's I, a great i'm never gonna be able to unhear that now yeah i know it's a it's a great performance though um really spectacular opening when you're jumping out of the plane i thought that was awesome mm-hmm. Um, did you guys notice in the beginning with the I like MGS one, MGS two, MGS three? You know that? Mm-hmm. Did you did you know what what the deal is with that? I picked I liked MGS two, but I don't remember what it did. So it it's very. I was confused by this because I thought it was gonna have to do with your control scheme, but it's actually it only changes the game in like a very tiny little way. And if you choose, so if you choose MGS one, I think it it makes your stamina deplete slower because it's closer to the original game where you don't need to worry about that. If you pick MGS2, you start off wearing the Raiden mask. That's right. That's right. I your, remember your, that. Your your health bar says Jack instead, which is pretty cool. But it, it only, that only Jack. happens for like 10 minutes and then you take the mask off. Yeah, you can take it off now, Snake. Yeah, <laughs> that's really, really I funny. I don't remember this at all. I don't yep. remember that being an option. Like, like when I picked, um, I like Metal Gear Solid 2 as my quote unquote, not difficulty option, but whatever. When you start the game, you look like Raiden. I said, wait, did I accidentally like play DLC? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> but then you take it off a couple of minutes later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's in, in canon. It's like he was wearing a disguise for the crew of the plane or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I actually, I was talking with you about this. I think the virtuous mission in the beginning is a little... It's maybe like my least favorite part of the game. It's mm-hmm. just very like it does teach you the mechanics very well and how the game works. But there's a lot of exposition right in the beginning with uh, the boss and your CO, who's uh, Major Tom, later Major Zero. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just like it's like you're starting right off the bat with this really long radio call, and it's just like let me let me just fucking let me just play let the me rip yeah. virtual mission. Um, but I do like the the first kind of encounter you have is with uh, the young ocelot. Um, yeah, I think it was just such an easy thing to botch, and I I think I really I I like him as a young man a lot. Like, is it such a fun like Gary Oak kind of like <laughs> rivalry that you have going on, and you're always like kind of kicking his ass, and like the the whole thing is that he's trying to to emulate the the cowboy thing. And he's trying to do it with like a normal like handgun automatic. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and Snake is like, well, you actually you're trying to do something that is more of a revolver technique. And that kind of like sets him on that path. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's cool that he influenced him in that way. Um, but you find out that the, the boss is defecting to the Soviet Union. Um, and this cutscene, like I forgot how brutal it was. Yeah. It's really like not only like physically, but emotionally is that like you're. Um, Snake is is you know looking up to the boss and he can't fathom like what do you mean you're defecting and right. you, you kind of um you meet all the bosses in this sequence yep and it's like one of the trippiest things I've ever seen like with all because I think the first thing you see is like the bees coming down I'm like yes. wait what's Hornets. going on here yep 
And so um, the bosses in this game are my personal favorite squad of all of them, just because they're so fucking freaky mm-hmm. and they're very mar- like there's no characterization whatsoever. They're just really weird. Um, so you've got the pain who's covered in bees, uh, the fear who, uh, he has like sort of a camouflage suit and he can, he like sets climbs traps. trees and stuff. Um, and he can like glide on water. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, the end who is a hundred year old sniper, mm-hmm. um, the fury who, uh, is a disgruntled astronaut. Yes. That's his whole persona. He, he, right? he, he, loves, he has he a flamethrower. Yeah. has flamethrower and a jet pack. Um, and uh, the boss, you know, who we, who we mentioned, uh, the joy, as she mm-hmm. is known, because they're all different emotions. And Colonel Volgan is introduced here, too, who is sort of the main villain. He's like the electric guy. Yeah. yeah. He, he, and, yeah. and they never explain how he can yeah. control electricity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, but he's he's just there and he's he's like this jacked Russian guy. And it's so funny to me because I was talking also, I mentioned our friend Drew, and I was talking about how this game is so ideologically driven, but he's the only like character who doesn't have one. Right. <laughs> he just shows up. Like, is, I don't, can you discern, like, what is his motivation? He's a, he's a bad guy who wants to do bad things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he, he can harness the power of force lightning. Yeah. Some, I, somehow. Because yeah. they describe him as a sadist frequently. He's like always like grabbing people sexually and mm-hmm. just like real piece of shit. Do you know what I found funny about Metal Gear Solid 3? Uh, in all the this this is what I kind of find funny about like the whole game in terms of the cinematics versus the gameplay. Like in in the cinematics, you always get your ass kicked. Have you noticed that? Oh yeah. Like like boss always disarms you and whoops your ass, mm-hmm. or you get you get you know tortured and, and beat up later. Yeah. Did you guys notice that? Where Metal Gear Solid is kind of one of those games where like in gameplay you're the shit. But in cutscenes, everyone whoops your ass. Like, I found that very funny. Well, it's it's also like, uh, to me, this game has kind of this undercurrent of like what the toll it would take on a person to get. Because you have, um, there's a couple new mechanics in this one. Mm -hmm. So you have, um, you have to treat your injuries, notably. Shortly after this happens, you have to, you know, he gets his arm broken by the boss. She betrays him and uh, gets thrown in the river. And I think you have to like um, use a splint and, and bandages yep. and stuff Various like that. Various items. And it's kind of like that's the, it kind of, you know, it, it's adding like a layer of realism to the survival aspect. But it's a lot of it has to do with the, the toll that it's taking on uh, Naked Snake and how he became the man he is. Right. Um, so this happens. Colonel Volgan shoots a, a nuclear weapon and, you know, you get the, the fantastic theme song. And um, so then you kind of get like that's sort of like the the tanker, I guess. It's like the tutorial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you you get into Operation Snake Eater itself. Um, and so essentially, I think the premise is that uh, Lyndon Johnson and Khrushchev are are doing a deal because it's like, well, you know, the boss is an American who defected to Russia. Um, and she stole those nuclear weapons and everything, but we need to, you know, you need to prove your innocence here that, you know, the U.S. wasn't involved in this nuclear attack. So they send uh, Snake to go kill his former mentor, and I think it's like a pretty, <laughs> for a series that is like known for its kind of twists and turns, it's it's kind of welcome to just have a very clear objective. Yeah, for it's once. very straightforward. And you you kind of like here's the people that are going to be in your way, and like just just go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so, and it's kind of cool. I thought too, that, you know, in the beginning you're kind of less prepared. And then when you go back to kind of those same areas at the beginning of like the snake eater mission, then you, you know, you have 
a little bit more gear. You kind of know what you're doing a little bit more. So I, I maybe a good time to talk about your contacts. Uh, oh, sure. So we talked a little bit about the ones in the previous games. Uh, some of them fulfill similar roles. Major Zero, kind of this English guy. I learned like there's a cool, like, because you don't see their faces uh, animated in this one. It's all just like sort of slides yeah. you can scroll through. Major Zero lives in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Not that oh, far. Not that far from us. Paramedic Ooh. lives in Boston herself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we got some local people. I think Sigint is, is Chicago, though. So he's a little farther. Um, but sir, like this is kind of adding on to the Kodak commentary that I had in the previous games is that I wasn't like going out of my way to talk to them, really. Like Sigint will explain how all your different equipment works, but you kind of you can kind of piece it together yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and paramedic would be interesting to talk to in general except that she like when you save your game she always talks to you about movies dude i skipped oh, all of right them. i forgot I about that all of them. like <laughs> I, I think i said this like in a in a chat i think with with us where i said the codec in the radio is really cool in game that you have to dial frequencies and talk to people but it's incredibly tedious very disruptive it's incredibly disruptive even though it's cool yeah yeah and it depends on like it depends on how interesting the characters are too. Yeah. Because I like talking to Major Zero. He's a really interesting guy. Um, has a lot of strange reasons for what he does. Um, and Eva, who you meet in this this sequence, she can you can also talk to her. And I thought it was kind of an interesting presence because you haven't really had that yet in a Metal Gear game where it's kind of like a a, a ubiquitous like uh, femme fatale almost. Sure. You don't really know where what her where her motivation is coming from. Um shortly after this uh you you get into that ocelot uh boss fight this i mean like these these kinds of kind of like the the talking points of these games are often the boss fights as far mm -hmm. as i'm concerned um, they're kind of like the set pieces um so the ocelot boss fight is like pretty straightforward uh in terms of the later ones i mean i guess it's a good way to kind of get into yeah i think like the the so the the problem the that i that i kind of had with this boss fight and, and and a lot of the game that i'll get into at some point yeah is just the shooting in this game is incredibly wonky yeah like it's very very derpy yeah. and when you have to get into a gunfight at all you're either praying like auto aim works or you're, <laughs> or, or you're trying to hit eight different buttons to go into first yeah. person mode and just try your best i think like that i mean i completely agree with you in terms of like the gameplay being super yeah. dated like the the way that you kind of have to claw your hands into a certain contortions to just like make a gun work and it's, it's unbelievable like, it's it's and i feel like i don't know why but i prefer playing two gameplay wise mm -hmm. i don't know derek do you feel that way do you prefer two over three i I, I think so um so i was thinking about this earlier how um because the only version of it that i played was the um what do they call it the the subsistence edition yes. where yeah. yes right so the the hd re-release where they they change the the camera work so yeah the camera's movable it's more quote unquote and, and, and modern it's right behind you which yeah. blows my mind to think that uh, the original release of this game was just a top down view yes with no soliton radar and the only um the only control you had over the camera angle it, it, you couldn't like turn it really you could like shift you, it yeah you're right you yeah. would you would you, if you moved the the right thumbstick you could shift it a little bit you can still access that type of camera view if you click the thumbstick which i did accidentally i'm like why is it like this i hate right. it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it, it blows my mind to think that like that's the only option that players had when the game was originally released yeah i, I don't think i would have liked it nearly as much if i um, if i had stuck with that right. do you guys think maybe there was a problem with well they changed the camera but the 
gameplay didn't change. That's why the shooting is so wonky. Maybe. You know what I mean? We're like, well, yeah, you fixed the camera, well, but nothing else was fixed with it. Okay. Well, I, I'm pretty sure you could still access first person mode. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. With, with mm -hmm. the with the original. Um, but it's like you have to hit so many buttons to actually go into first person mode. What is it like? You have to take out weapon, go into first person, hold down button. It's unbelievable. Right. Um, well, I, I did, you know, maybe a good point to bring up the UI here where you... In addition to the injuries I mentioned earlier, you also have to change your camo on the yeah. fly. Mm -hmm. And um, I did, you know, it's just kind of tedious and it's kind of ridiculous to think that like he has like a certain set for every possible because you, you're monitoring it in the corner. There's a percentage of how well you're blending into the environment. Mm -hmm. And um, some of them are kind of like derpy, like there's like different flags for different countries or, you know, the, yeah. the uh, Santa Claus suit, as we mentioned. And um just just kind of like weird stuff um honestly like i think the menus are like really kind of the achilles heel of this well game. it kind of ha almost has an rpg -y feel where there are bit. so many items there are so many weapons there are so many camos you have to pause to change them you're changing a lot of gear all yeah. over it's like very tedious even yeah. though i don't mind that it's kind of derpy yeah. that you're going into all these healing menus and having to do stuff yeah there's a lot of things in this game for sure there's a for lot sure. Um, you also have to, you have a stamina meter in this yes. game that steadily depletes and depending on, um, it's a little different, like the way the health works, depending on where your stamina meter is, um, your health will recover slower. Mm -hmm. Um, and the way you replenish it is, it is by eating animals that are yep. in the, so you have, you have, um, you know, you have your, your trank gun, your, your, uh, just normal gun. You can, uh, capture them in mouse traps, cages, that kind of thing. And it's kind of interesting that there it's, it makes the world feel a little bit more lived in because I feel like, you know, you had like the wolves in the first game, mm -hmm. you had the seagulls in the second one, but like there's, there's a ton of different stuff and they all like, he will tell you like how good it tastes after he eats it. What's interesting too, is if you eat something over and over again, you'll like it more. Yeah. So if you don't, if you, I think there's like a certain fruit that you don't like, but if you eat it over and over and over, it, you'll, you'll actually gain a taste for it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I don't think he, that is ever the case for the Russian uh, rations though. Yeah. Like he hates them like beginning to end. Mm -hmm. And also if you leave it too long, it'll spoil. It'll spoil, and you which is interesting. You know, it'll have a negative effect. or you, And you have you to know. take stomach medication. Yeah. There are a lot of things. A lot of, a lot of you know, you have yep. pills, anti-venom, all that's because you can get bit by the snakes yep. as well um, in addition to eating them. And um, yeah, so it's kind of, there's a lot of like survival kind of elements, micromanaging all these different yeah. systems. And it's it's kind of, it's interesting too, because they talk about when he fires, that when Volgan fires that nuke in the beginning, that the ecological impact will be devastating. And it's kind of like, you're, you're kind of being reinforced that, you know, this is the natural world and it will be affected by the mm -hmm. actions of, you know, the stakes are pretty high as it is because it's like, if we don't correct this, there'll be all out nuclear war. Mm -hmm. And so... I think it's kind of interesting just seeing like the discrepancy between the animals just doing their thing and humans with these fucking absurd plots. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. And it is kind of funny that you can just knife snakes and rats and eat them. Yeah. It's it, really weird. It's very like gamey. Yeah. It's very, um, there's a lot of gameplay systems and it's very gamey. Um, so yeah, so if you beat Ocelot, um, you're kind of almost immediately thrown into uh, the pain boss fight yes so he's You're talking the cave oh boy. yes so the kind of an interesting thing that you two asked me about um about the, the when you go into the caves for the first time um you were talking about how when you go down there 
it's super dark and hard to see. And my my mind, I think in this playthrough I went to, he has a cigar that you can light and you can get around. But you were like, what yeah, you, was so your experience? Like, so I played this, uh, so, so to remind everyone, I played this for the first time this year. Yeah. And when I got, when you get thrown into the cave, it is so dark, at least to the point where I could not see anything and I could barely play it. And I said, this is either like not a great port or it's on purpose. Right. And what I thought was really cool, and I hope it's on purpose, was the longer you're in the cave, your your eyes adjust to the darkness and you can see better. Yes. Yeah, that, it's on purpose. It, that's really, really neat. Like eventually you find a torch. Yeah. But I was like, what's going on? Did I not do this right? Why can't you see anything? Yeah, because you don't have purpose. any night vision goggles or anything yes, like that. Yes, it's, it's pretty cool. Pretty rad. Um, and you have to fight this guy who's doing all these like uh, karate moves and, he's, yep. and he he, ha- he can control bees. And that's his own, that's his only motivation. And um, did you guys like this fight? I did. Okay. Uh, I actually thought it was one of the better gameplay moments in the game mm-hmm. where so not at this moment, but a little later into the episode, maybe I'll talk about some flaws with the gameplay. But what I liked about this fight is you have what you have. You're swimming around. There's there are only a few places where you can get up and shoot at him, mm-hmm. but you have to um, avoid his bees by swimming. And what I liked about it is it's sort of you're in this situation. You have the gear you have and you have to survive this. And it's really strange. It's very you feel very vulnerable because you have to swim around. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Derek, what did you think? I mean, uh, so the Cobras, I think, are absolutely absurd. Yes. In, <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. In concept. But I think the fights themselves are cool. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, give exactly. them that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty impossible for me to take a character like the pain seriously. No. Right. And no, uh, yeah. I think he's he's a complete moron for ambushing you where he does. Where you can avoid his bees by swimming, but <laughs> it is a cool fight. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I, what I do, I really liked it because it made, I really had to try hard to do it. Yeah. Where I feel like there are too many moments in this game where I derped my way through it. Okay. And with this boss, I was just like, we're vulnerable. We're in the water. There are only a few moments where you can get up and shoot them. Let's focus and do it. Right. Which I thought, I thought it was, I, some fans don't like it. It I reminded think it's cool. me a lot of, it's a weird comparison, but in Majora's Mask, the Great Bay Temple boss, the big fish. Yeah, where you're it's swimming around yeah, it's it. just the opposite way where you're the one swimming around. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. And it's something interesting about these bosses that they all explode when you kill them. Yeah. Oh, and they yeah. say their own names. And I think it's like to to, 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 to like uh, destroy whatever evidence is so that it can't be captured for research. Is that the point? I think I, so. I have no idea. I think so. The, the, the thought that they all have like a self-destruct mechanism built into them is hilarious. It makes them even yes. funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, he can shoot bees into you that you have to take out with a knife. Oh, my God. Um, yes. There, there is uh, like bee stings that you have to treat. Um, if you throw a grenade at them, the bees will carry it back to you and try to blow Ooh. you up. <laughs> a lot of pretty cool stuff. And I, something I never used before because I didn't know what it was is bug juice. That's what it's, that's it's, what it's used for. It's really bug spray. And it's just like it keeps them off you. Yeah. Kind of cool. Um, so that's, that's that part. <laughs> um, there, there's kind of a part that I don't love where you have to sneak into the lab wearing the scientist uniform. Yeah. It's it's just kind of clunky and I just want to get back to the jungle. Yeah. But it's where you meet that guy, Granin, um, and he's kind of explaining that what Sokolov is working on is called the Shagohod and it's kind of like a proto Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. And um, I I like it because it, it's very kind of... it's It's clearly... 
it, you know, it has to, it can launch a nuclear missile, but it has treads. It has to get up to speed on like an, a runway. And it's, I like that it's kind of like you're, you're contending. It's still like a, a really intimidating thing, but you know, so that's like kind of you're, you're being set up. You're going to have a metal gear fight in this game at a certain point. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't worry. I kind of like that character too. Cause he's just kind of um, getting trashed in the office. Oh yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's very kind of, He's, he's like, I don't really give a fuck. I'll tell you. Whatever. Do you know what's really funny? If you're in like a caution state or in an alert state, you can't get in the door. You bet you knock on the door and he says, you know, leave me alone. Leave me to my drinks. Oh, that's it's funny. really funny. That's it, great. Yeah. It, um, cool character. I think he's the only one who actually speaks in a Russian accent. Oh. I think you're right. Because, okay, so. All right. So the, the first time you meet Sokolov, mm-hmm. there's the, there's this really strange line a little out of left field where Was he it says, "Grow operatives." Well, no, there, no, no. It, <laughs> there, there is that. That made that made me laugh. That made me laugh really hard the first time I played this game. Yeah. But it's when he says, "By the way, your Russian is superb," which he says to you in a British accent, and that's they're doing sort of like a meta thing where they're they're, they're speaking telling, in Russian, but right. But yeah. for the player's well, sake, it's it's being played back to us in English. in English. My impression was that when they're speaking with like an American accent, they're actually speaking Russian. And with when they're speaking in a Russian accent, they're actually so, speaking so, so, English. So you think in that, because I thought I thought the same thing. So you think in that scene with Granin, they're actually speaking English? That was my thought. Because he's talking about like um, Emmerich, his friend in America. Right. You know, uh, Otacon's father, yeah, we'll but, learn. But, but, um, mm-hmm. but, that, but that initial moment with Sokolov really took me out of it. It's just sort of like... Because I don't think like, I nor like any any player on their their first go was sitting there like, man, why are they speaking English? They're they're in Russia. This <laughs> yeah. makes no sense. Like I didn't question it. It's so almost the, the an fact, o- the like fact an that, Austin like, Powers moment. Like, like, like the fact that Kojima <laughs> felt the need to like uh, like clear that up for us. It's like, well, uh, okay. I wasn't really even thinking about it, but now you, now I, because you've mentioned it, I now, <laughs> I I now notice it. About it. But, but it's sort of like, <laughs> it's, it's, if you're, it's like if you're gonna break the fourth wall in any way, like this is Metal Gear Solid, like which delights in breaking the fourth wall, as we sure. know. They might as well have gone all the way with it and uh, <laughs> have Snake say, um, "It's strange, though. It sounds like we're speaking English," and then have Sokolov say, "Yes, but." It's for the player's sake. Yeah. They, might well, <laughs> they might as well have just gone. They might as well have just gone all the way. Exactly. Ma- you know what's so funny? Though? Because, because there's one more thing. Because yeah. it's like it doesn't. Again, like them being in Russia and speaking English. Again, it's, it doesn't have to make sense. I don't care because sure. because the fact that you're you're in Russia, but the entire setting is like a lush like jungle. I was gonna yeah. bring that up. Yeah. Like, like, I don't. It, I don't know in Russia for sure <laughs> if that. I I don't know much about the geography of Russia, but. I, don't, I haven't seen a Russian jungle in any other media ever. It would, it, it would, it would, if it does exist, it would have to be as far south in that country as possible. Knowing Kojima, I wouldn't be surprised if he knew some obscure fact. Or I mean, are yeah. they saying it takes place somewhere in like southeastern Siberia or something like that where it's very, I don't know, unsettled? I have no idea. You know, I didn't even think about any of those aspects you guys just talked about until right now. Mm-hmm. We're like, you know, oh, wait, they're in Russia, but he, he brings up, oh, your Russian is superb, but why is he doing that? Wait, there are no jungles in Russia either. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Just continue. Okay. Like, <laughs> so um, on your way there, there's actually, there's a lot of traps that you have to avoid and, and yes. uh, cut yourself down from ropes and stuff. And um, sort <laughs> Soon after, uh, you realize this is the work of uh, the next boss, the fear. Yes. Oh and, my um, god. So yes. this this is possibly yeah. like the funniest moment in the game to me. He's just such a bizarre like character, even weirder than the pain. I think he's um, he's crawling up trees and he has like dislocating his arms and um, setting traps for you. And but there's a lot of cool ways you can um, beat him. 
Um, oh yeah. So, <laughs> so he is. I I actually. Um, this is another game where I I, uh, I went non lethal uh, mm-hmm. for for the most part. Um, so your your kind of uh, your your methods of doing that are either to knock them around a little bit. There's the CQC, which mm-hmm. we haven't really talked about. There's a, you know there's kind of grappling and holds and mm-hmm. that sort of thing in this game. And there's also you have your trank gun as you did in the previous game. So I did that with him, but he is. Um, He's wearing a specific type of camouflage that you can pick up later, mm-hmm. and it gives you near perfect camouflage, but it drains your stamina super fast. Mm-hmm. So he's always eating, yep. and so he'll eat like all like the animals on the you know on the jungle floor and stuff he'll eat and fruit everything. And the trees, and so you can you know expedite that process and manipulate it by like lowering his stamina and then attacking him when he's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But you can also. Um, you can also like throw spoiled food on the ground and he'll or, eat it and yeah, it'll hurt him and it'll hurt him and yeah. uh, you know poison frogs mm-hmm. you know their skin is poisonous or whatever and um you can also trick him by using the fake death pill yeah yep and i wound up do like <laughs> in a previous playthrough i tricked him and then stealthily lit him on fire with the torch you, yep. you <laughs> Um, I was, that was, that was my playthrough. You were, you were there and taught me how to do that. I actually never fought the fear and the way you were supposed to, like I skipped over that whole boss fight by doing that. Yeah. You take the fake death pill. He runs over to your unconscious body doing like, he's looking around like confused. Yeah. And then you light a torch under his crotch and he slowly burns to death because for some reason, like He's, he, he doesn't walk away yes, when he feels a, a burning sensation that is literally killing him. Is slowly. it an exploit? It um, must be. Oh my god! I don't, I don't, of course, but yeah. it, it's 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 just like I, the fact that I didn't relate to any of the things you said until the the end where you mentioned the fake death pill. I did not fight him, dude, in, by I, any traditional means. I fought him straight up. Like it's, oh, it's tough. I um, yeah. this is interesting too, where I didn't yeah. do any of those like cool methods at all. I actually just I actually just like chugged to one end of the map where I knew there were only a couple of places he could go and I danced around trees and stuff to actually fight him straight on. Oh really? So I didn't do any of the the eating methods. He is he's also shooting uh, crossbow bolts at you. And you what's what's really stressful you? about this is you have to take them out. Yeah. Like you have to go into the curing menu and take them out of you. And so if you don't you can leave them in and you you will gradually heal, but the wounds will close and the crossbow bolts will be on your body for the rest of there the There was one in my hip the whole game. Really? It, it, yes. I think when I was like, he, he had a smidgen of health left. I said, fuck it. Let's just, let's just, you know, ball out and kill him. Sure. I didn't take it out and I killed him and it was in me the whole game. <laughs> Th- that, and you can get happens. them like all like in your forehead and your yeah. crotch. Wow. I didn't. I don't remember it working like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. so if you if you take too long to act on an injury, it can it follows you forever. That crossbow bolt will stay in you. Yeah. Wow. It, pretty cool. They they treat it pretty seriously. Like if you injure Ocelot in the uh, virtuous mission, he'll be wearing like bandages wherever you hurt him. Yep. The rest of the game. Virtual mission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and right after, pretty much right after, is the end. Who is the sniper? Um, so. I, I think this boss is like incredible. Uh, Greg disagrees. So, <laughs> oh, what? It's so cool. I, I just think it's like it's so unprecedented and like you know it takes place over three different you know kind of areas and it's it's a very slow kind of. Um, this is another one that you can go about a couple different ways. But Greg, let's let's talk about your experience. Let's talk first. about my unfortunate experience because <laughs> yeah. I think what happened with this is that this boss can be incredibly cool. And after I have my little speech here, you're going to tell everyone about it. Yeah. But they set you up for this like snake. This is going to be a very long and slow sniper battle. 
And I said, okay, I'm going to crawl around the entire map. I'm going to get behind them and I'm going to light them up. So that's what I did. Right. I crawled around the entire map. I said, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I got to the, I got behind him, pulled the trigger, but it doesn't kill him in one hit. And I said, wait a minute. He just kind of runs off. I can just chase him. So I didn't like sit back down. I didn't crawl anymore. I said, I'm literally going to run after him and unload guns and kill him. Mm-hmm. So what I didn't love about this is you can essentially run at him and roll and he's going to miss. And so you do not have to stealth this at all. You okay. can just break it really easily, which was very disappointing because I I realized after I beat it that you can do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Now, why don't you explain some of it? I, I it's guess just unfortunate that just like I didn't do it. I, I, I just didn't. I didn't understand. I guess it's like, um, I mean, what can he do? <laughs> There's I, no, nothing no, like. No, it's really cool. Yeah. We're like, I didn't know this. If you if you save and quit during the boss battle and you uh, and you wait a a bunch of days like a more than a week I think yeah and and you come back to the game he's just dead yeah he will have died of old age it's really cool Um, but you can also do that by manipulating the the PS2's internal clock yes. Yeah, and um, if if you do it for less than that, I think he will find you. Or he if captures he, you if he puts you in jail. You, puts you in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple. You can actually see him earlier during gameplay and shoot him then. Yes, and which I I've never seen before in a game where you can just kill him while he's being rolled around in a wheelchair and he'll explode and. Uh, it's pretty and there wild. is no boss battle, which is really right, cool. Right. If you get the sniper rifle early enough and and shoot at him during the cutscene where he arrives, he there will be no boss fight, yeah. which is really cool. And something interesting that I um, did this time that I didn't know was a thing was that I was using the uh, directional microphone, and um, I found he has a parrot, a pet parrot. Yes, and I tranquilized it and I captured it. And I'm like. What happens with this? Like, because I, I figured, like, if you eat it, he'll be angry, and he is. Yeah. But I didn't do that. I so what you can do is you can um, unleash his parrot at him, and he'll be distracted by it. Wow! And he'll like be swatting at it, and you could take a couple shots at him. This like this might be a good time for me to describe my problems with the gameplay before yeah, sure. we move on to the second half of the game. Because here's what happened to me when I was playing this game, um, and this happened to me a lot, where. I kept running into balancing problems in Mm -hmm. this game where there are so many cool things you can do, whether like there's a bunch of different ways you can fight the end or there's there are all these healing systems and all these camos. But the problem I have with this game is that every area is so short and you get a checkpoint every time you go to a new area. So it is just as easy to just sprint right through the area and run into the checkpoint because it doesn't matter if you die. You just you get the progress. So what I kept doing was like once I failed stealth, I would just sprint to the end of an area mm-hmm. and I would never heal myself. I would just jump off a cliff on purpose because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to use any of my gear. And I think like the my issue with the gameplay really came down to there's so many cool things to do. But why? Because I can just run at the end and roll and, and finish it. I kept running into the, this stuff where I could break the game too easily. And I think, you know, for all the fans are going to be like, dude, what the fuck? How did you not like this game? I... Um, when it comes to the gameplay, I just thought I broke it too easily and too early. And that I, um, happened to me frequently. I just first, you know, I think because I bought into the world, yeah. I just never considered doing considered, that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, yeah. that's, that's just like the kind of, I don't know, that's the kind of game it is where it, like you can really just, it's the same thing with like later on with mm-hmm. five, you can kind of just go about these things. Like if you 
if you found that fulfilling, no. <laughs> if you enjoyed mm-hmm. running through and jumping off cliffs and, and gaming <laughs> the game, yeah. then then go right ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I, I was I preferred, you know, getting as close to perfect stealth as possible. Sure, in yes. every mm-hmm. in every uh, situation. And I want to make sure people know, like you know, I'm not like um, necessarily dumping on the game or th- or saying it's bad or anything like that. It when did it come out? Two thousand three. Two thousand four. Two thousand four. I just think like I found too many ways to exploit it too early. Okay. And um, there is one problem I have with the game where there you cannot quick load the game. So let's say I get caught during stealth. You would either have to turn off the game, go back to the main menu and load it again, or just die mm-hmm. to try to stealth it again, which I just didn't love that. Yeah. I, I just wish it encouraged me to play better. And later on, they they do implement that in yes. 5, where if you get caught, you yeah. can load your checkpoint. I think before we continue, I think my big takeaway is I wish I was encouraged to play smarter See, rather than it not the, mattering. Like like another Konami title we discussed recently, very ripe for a remake. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, continue, because this game <laughs> is very cool, even though my gameplay experience was unfortunate. Yeah. So let's keep no, going. No, I did, I did yeah. want to mention, you know, while we're in the, in the downers, uh, the Fury is probably my least favorite red boss in the game <laughs> is that one next yeah yeah okay um, me too it's kind of like a, oh a more God. tedious version of like the vulcan raven fight where you're being chased around yeah and i just hate like that he so he can um <laughs> he can, he just kind of like uses his flamethrower to flame entire areas and it makes it really tedious to get around you have to keep treating your burns and um i don't know i just did not find this boss very no fun i didn't find i did not i did not find this fun either um the this way he, is, oh my god, this. The, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. The way he introduces himself, dude. Like, yeah. Dude, so you you walk into that room, and then immediately he just he shows up and just says, "I am the Fury." No preamble whatsoever, and then he just proceeds to tell you his whole life story. Yeah. I can only imagine what like what must have been going through Very, Snake's head um, at that time. Th- there's a lot of moments like that in this series where. You'll, they'll just wax poetic about it. like minutes. You, like we mentioned, like Solidus <laughs> waiting at the top of uh, exactly. Federal Hall like, yeah, to have you your, know, your conversation. And, and you're sitting there just wondering why Snake just doesn't shoot him while he's monologuing. Yeah. Or, yeah. Why, or why the Fury doesn't just unload his flamethrower right then and there. Like he has to tell him, I came back from space and saw the Earth aflame. And you know what I saw? <laughs> Fury! Uh, uh, like, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. And I, I, it's, so, it's so funny because there's like a, a very poignant monologue about space later and I don't get like, so he saw fire when, you know, when, as you're heating up, as you re-enter the earth's atmosphere, you know, you see flames mm-hmm. and it's like, so that, that's just like for a second, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, or not for a second, but it's, it's, I, I, this, it defined this guy's entire life. I yeah, I mean, I do want to comment on this boss guy. battle. He's just really, um, really mad. I do want to comment on this boss battle a little bit, because mm-hmm. um, sort of bringing our listeners into sort of my experience playing it in 2021, you know, I, I just kind of talked for a few minutes about gameplay balancing issues and that sort of thing. What I really like in any video game is when the game is smarter than me sure. and like I can't exploit it. There are a couple of moments in this game where they do a good job with that. This boss battle is actually one of them, mm-hmm. where if you did a better job fighting the end, you get the Mosin Nagant, right. and then you can you can actually um, non-lethal this boss from a distance, and yep. it's much easier. Sure. Um, and also the pain does that too. Like you you can't, you have to swim around. Right. That's kind of the general point I was making. When this game is smarter than me, I liked it a little better. Yeah. Even though I don't find the Fury fun. I did enjoy how I couldn't derp my way out of it. Yeah. I had, I had to play tough. That's true for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, so I pretty much that's the, the end of the Cobras with him. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you get into uh, Grozny Grad, the big fortress here. Pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, I don't really like this segment, even though it's a nice change of pace where you have to abduct, abduct uh, Colonel Rykov or yeah. Major Rykov. Ivan Rydenovich Rykov. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like a big joke on how like pathetic Raiden was. But yeah. it's like, it feels a little too referential where it's I like agree. we talked about. We talked about how Raiden is actually pretty cool. And I guess maybe at the time it was just sort of cathartic for fans to like shit on him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sure. it's, I, I feel bad that Kojima is kind of like shitting on Raiden in that moment. I don't um, understand the big because, joke. Because you, you even, you you, um, you talk to Zero like after putting the disguise on. Yeah. And he says things like, Ugh, I'm getting annoyed already just looking <laughs> yeah. at him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's not like yeah. a Jar Jar Binks. I'm like, kind of tired on. of the Raiden jokes, honestly. Metagur 2 is the best one. So like, yeah. stop doing that. Completely. Yeah, um, it, I mean, I, I, it's a nice change of pace for sure. But if you don't know what you're doing, that sequence can take you a while yeah. to like learn how to abduct him and shove mm-hmm. him in the locker and stuff. Um, so the, the, this is an, another uh, really interesting Kojima moment where you're sneaking in dressed as as Rykov, and uh, Volgan will grab your dick um, <laughs> in a very similar way that the president did to Ryan. Why do the they do this game. in these games? I mean, so okay, so clearly. Colonel Volgan is is Rykov's lover, um, and and he's like, you're not the colonel. I know that crotch or something <laughs> like something ridiculous. <laughs> and um, this is where Snake gets captured. Mm-hmm. And this sequence was uh, again like like the the opening a lot more brutal than mm-hmm. I remember. Like yeah. he's getting the fucking piss kicked out of yep, him. Yep. It's insane. Um, and it, it you know as famously ends with. Uh, snake losing one of his eyes yeah you kind of get the iconic snake look yeah um which is pretty awesome you're kind of like the character is sort of uh convening here for the first time you know the boss is not really helping him out Mm -hmm. um eva is there also as a double agent just kind of sitting in on it ocelot's there um and and so (laughs) i i actually just showed greg this when you're in prison um a couple different things can happen um so you can get out a couple different ways, similar to MGS one. Um, one of which I think is, uh, it, the guard will throw you some food and if you throw it back to him, uh, you'll develop a friendship with him mm-hmm. and he'll like let you out eventually, which is kind of interesting. The, uh, the second one is that you can spin snake around in the, uh, cure viewer, uh, where you treat his injuries several times and he will literally throw up because he's dizzy yeah. and the guard will come that, in. That's what like I did to investigate. But that, that option was clearly more of an Easter egg because if you, if you go with the first option of, um, developing like a rapport with the guard, yeah. you get the cutscene where he, he says he's like Johnny senior. You right. Know? Yeah. yeah. And he, he talks about his son, Johnny junior. Who, I don't <laughs> know if they, I don't know if he, ridiculous. I don't know if he mentions that like he has like a, an issue where he shits himself all the time or mm-hmm. they, there's a reference to that um but something you know, well did you guys go with i went with like option three yeah which is I did um, too. the sorrow tells you to to call a frequency and it opens the door yeah oh. you, you will see yeah. that so we didn't even talk about the sorrow who is a a former member of the cobras who was killed um by the boss, by the boss um for political reasons or some reason yeah uh, he's like a he's a medium um who could communicate with the dead and he's now sort of a ghost who mm-hmm. is just kind of. Yeah, we didn't actually mention that 
um, in during cutscenes now, you can hold down, I think, L1, and you will see things through Snake's perspective. Yep. And you, you can kind of catch a glimpse of him at various points. And I, th- I believe it's during the torture scene or something. He'll uh, be holding up the, the frequency. Yeah, that you yeah, to yeah. Call yeah. To the sorrow is like almost holding up a sign that says a frequency number. Yeah. But what's cool about this game is you have to remember the number. Yeah. And so if you remember that number, it will open the door. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I even though he's very kind of like a gamey, like it reminds me almost of Mario with the guy with the fish. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, the camera guy. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that guy. Yeah, it's it's cool though. Um, yeah. But I, what I was showing you earlier was that um, in the original version of this game, there's this really bizarre sequence where if you save once you're in prison and then quit out, come back in, um, there will be a nightmare sequence um, because paramedic was telling um, Snake about Dracula's, mm-hmm. and there's like. I don't even know how to describe it. I showed you. Yes, there is a weird dream sequence where it's kind of like an action-y sword and board kind of thing. It's like you, a mini game. It kind of has like a Devil May Cry kind of feel. Kingdom Hearts almost sort of feel. It's but really But it's weird. really disturbing. It, it feels like maybe it was like a demo for a game that didn't get produced or something and they just stuck it in there. Strange. But it, it like it plays really well. All I would say to our, our audience because this is an audio medium is go search like Metal Gear Solid Nightmare. 3 Snake's Nightmare. It's really bizarre. <laughs> did, did they take this out of the uh, the, the re-release? Yeah. Yes. Why? I don't know. As Do it, you think maybe they they did not have the rights to the prototype anymore when pro- when the release? Maybe maybe not. if it was a prototype. It's it's like lizard men wearing like police jackets and they have like hook weapons and you're and li- it's like something about it is really it's like grainy, very yeah, grainy really footage. Um, I just thought it was worth mentioning because it's like one of the strangest things about this game. Yeah, sure. Um, but I, a couple of cool things happen also during that scene where uh, the boss will give you back here like fake death pill mm-hmm. and um, Ocelot will put a tracker in you. And I thought this was really cool because I, I barely, it barely registered with me the first couple times. Cause I'm always messing with the menus and mm-hmm. you know, care or whatever. But if you, um, he puts a transmitter in you knowing that you will escape presumably. And if you leave it in, there will be uh, enemies uh, in the next area. You That's know, cool. like ready for you. Yeah, But if you take it out, it, yeah. it makes it easier, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, you you kind of have the the fugitive scene where he jumps uh, out of the the sewer. Mm-hmm. You guys seen that movie? You know what I'm talking about? Tommy Lee Jones. Narrative. No, I no. haven't. No. no, it's 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 like a direct parallel. Hey, if you're familiar with the movie, put it in the comments. It's, but go ahead. If you love the fugitive, come on. Yeah. Um. No, and I I did want to um. This is actually really cool. The sorrow sequence. The sorrow the, boss with, fight, with, quote yeah. unquote, is really cool. Yeah. So you fall into the water and you you wake up in, in a very kind of dreamlike area, kind of um, almost like a river stick sort of thing. Yeah, I was what I was reading about was that it, it's um, influenced by uh, the Buddhist afterlife, mm-hmm. um, the river of three crossings. Yeah, if if you know what that is, this, that's this is, what this is. That's what this is. Um, and you're you're walking up the river. Uh, it's very cinematic, and the sorrow will be floating in front of you. And he has he has a health bar that's empty, mm-hmm. and you will be confronted with everyone that you have physically killed yep. in the game up until this point. So the bodies of enemies and the bodies of bosses, if you chose to kill them, are floating down the river at you. Yeah, so really cool. If you didn't, if you went non-lethal, then there will only be the bosses because they explode. Yeah. Way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, it's it's a pretty pretty eerie sequence, um, and so I I did a, a kind of agree with you. I mean, because there was 
You knew that there was going to be some kind of clever way out of this. Were you want, you asked me to talk about my experience. Yeah, with this? yeah, your experience and your your recommended solution. Yeah, so I thought this boss fight was really cool. I shouldn't say I went into this game not knowing anything about it. I knew this was going to happen. Uh-huh. But the way you solve this boss fight, I thought my solution was more clever, but okay. it wasn't right. Um, where it, when you get to the end of the river, sorrow is just floating there, mm-hmm. and. I, and he says to you, go back to your life, like go back to real life. I said, okay, I'm going to save and quit right? because maybe he means turn off the game, but that's not right. Right. But what you actually have to do is when you get to the end of the boss fight and you touch the corpse at the end, you die. You had to the, take the uh, pill that the boss gave you. Right. And you have to pill. take the, re- here's the thing. You have to take the revival pill after dying, mm-hmm. but you can, this is what I didn't love about it. You cannot eat the fake death pill and then revive yourself. You, you have to die by reaching the end of the boss fight and then only using the revival pill. Right. But here's the thing. It, it, you have to use the revival pill in the, in the game over screen. Yeah, yeah, but if yeah. you never use the revival pill the rest of the game, you have no idea how to do that. Sure. It's, it's almost one of those like psychomantis problems or unless you unless you call the codec and they tell you what to do, like how would you know what to do? It was I think it was foreshadowed slightly better in this game. Sure. I mean, it, it took me a, a few tries. Me too. Uh, but I mean, and then uh, I think the third time I got to the end of the river and was dead, I was like, wait a minute. Oh yeah, yeah, I have a revival pill. Yep. Uh, so I mean, there, there was a little bit more that to, there to work with mm-hmm. than there was an MGS one with Psychomantis. Sure. So I'll give it that. Uh, I, what I will say is the the sorrow. Uh, I think uh, among the, the the Cobras is the only one I'm able to take seriously. Yeah. Uh, I think the end is cool too. I, I, yeah, I think it's the, cool. The two of them are the only members of the Cobra unit I find g- genuinely cool like characters. characters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the pain, the fear. The fury, I just cannot bring it's myself just to too take bizarre. seriously. Memes. Yeah, the fear, yeah, the fear. He's like not scary at all. No, he's just James <laughs> McAvoy from like uh, that that M Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, no, I mean sincerely, great moment, very creative, very thing creative. That I haven't seen in a game before. Um, I, I wanted to briefly mention um, you kind of rendezvous with Eva here, who gives mm-hmm. you your shit back. Um, what a cool thing is, is that whenever you go into first person now, it makes it look like you're you're missing an eye. Yeah, very I, cool. I thought that was awesome because yep. it's it's just like very one, subtle touch. Yep. Um, and there's a nice little moment here where um, she gives you like the C three to blow up mm-hmm. the Shagohad, and she f- makes it a, like a little heart mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, when they're kind of like, this is kind of like they're getting amorous a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're, you know, she's been kind of flirting with him the whole game. And then like there's there's kind of, um, there's like a moth floating around. Yeah. And then later on when you're placing the C3 on the Shagohad, he makes it in the shape of a moth. I'm like, what a nice little touch to make it like that that moment meant something to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for where, sure. Like without a word, because later on in, in several other games, Kojima like goes crazy to show you like, this is genius, and here's why. Yes, <laughs> it's like a, without a word, it's like a, just a yeah. really nice moment. Um, but you, I, you sneak back into Grozny Grad, and um, you wind up fighting uh, Colonel Volgan. Yeah, 
What do you think about this boss fight? I think the concept of this is more clever than it is to fun to play. Yeah. Where yeah. he does this thing where um, if you get hit by an electricity attack, your your gun becomes unloaded and you have to reload it. Yeah. And you have to hit him from certain angles. It's like very video gamey, very early 2000s. And you're also timed. Mm -hmm. So you're under some duress. I just think it's cooler in concept than it is. It's just not fun. I it's think, a lot of waiting. Uh, yeah. And I think the cutscenes are really egregious around it. They Go on forever. Oh my god! Isn't there a cutscene in the middle of it? Like, because you go into a part two of that fight. I'm yeah. pretty sure. And and um, another thing is that the sorrow is floating around with the timer. Oh um, yeah, 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 time. yeah. I don't dislike that. That's. I think that's pretty cool. It's and, cool. Um, Asala kind of has a change of heart here. Well, he'll he'll see. You know, he'll tip the scales in your your favor. Throw you the gun. Yep. Um, pretty cool. But I, not my favorite boss fight by any means. Um, but there are some weird things. Um, like you can throw the frog at him and he'll be scared at. It. Like yeah, you it's catch really a frog, weird. Yeah. Um, his big thing is saying Kuwabara Kuwabara. Yeah. Which is a Japanese phrase uh, used to ward off lightning. <laughs> like, it's very strange. I, I don't know anything. Like I don't get this character. I don't either. He, <laughs> but, he's he's such a cartoon villain, dude. Yeah, yeah, like, that's what, a good word. Because what I wanted to mention was that there's there's the scene where Snake is being tortured. Yeah. And uh, he's like, um, you're Getting after the, the philosopher. Well, well, there's that. But th then he he goes on to to say, well, you're, you're you're after the philosopher's legacy, aren't you? And then he Wait. like he tells him where it is. He's like, but yeah. no matter, it lies safely within my possession in the underground vault at Grozny Grad. But you'll never get it, <laughs> dude. It's and like, then and then in the scene where you fight like the the boss fight that you guys were, were talking about right now, yeah, he like describes it in detail very well. I'll explain it to you before I kill you. It's like it's, it's like, like why. It's very cartoony. So I, we didn't even mention the philosopher's legacy and how important this is, is that it's a, uh, a microfilm containing the location of a huge sum of money. Yes, it's money wealth. Yeah. Uh, after World War One, uh, created by the superpowers, you know, U.S., Russia and China. And um, everyone is kind of tr trying to get their hands on it. So, mm -hmm. in addition to all this other shit going on, you've yeah, got I that think in the like mix. if we're trying to like <laughs> if we're gonna put a pin in this and kind of see where we're at in the story, yeah, I think the, the 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 most this game is reasonably straightforward. But I think the toughest part to follow is all the double agentry yeah. that's going on, like who's working with who, and wait, are people? There is kind of a clever moment with Volgan when I mean him describing to you where the money is or whatever is stupid. Yeah, but you do. I thought he was mentioning money because, oh, is this game stupid? No, we're going to bring up later why the philosophers, whatever, makes sense. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like Kojima does this a lot where you might think a plot point is silly. Why are people having heart attacks in Middle Gear Solid 1? Oh, wait, it's because, it's of, this. because of this. Why it's... is he bringing up the philosopher's legacy? This is kind of stupid. Oh, wait, no, it isn't. Right. They're going to bring it up later. Sure. And sure. I think where we're at now is like who's playing on whose side yeah. is kind of where we're at. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you have the, the chaff grenades from the previous game that can help you out in this, this yeah. situation too, which I thought was cool. I didn't even think about that. Um, but he winds up driving the Shago Hod. Um, it's a kind of a cool, like, uh, the, the escape scene. Yeah, there's a very, very long, very early 2000s vehicle escape yeah, sequence. Yeah, when you're riding on uh, Eva's motorcycle with yep. her. Um, it's it's kind of odd because if you're playing it non-lethally, there's really no way to get through this without killing people. Yeah, there's just no way to do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was, a, it was pretty easy. Yeah, um, it's easy. I think they really just want to show you it. They don't really want you to play it. Yeah, but I mean, like, even when you're fighting the Shagohod later, it's pretty easy to, to just kind of, like, stun lock it. Very on, on rails. The, with the, yeah. um, you have infinite ammo with the mm -hmm. RPG and stuff. Yeah. And, um, 
and he says, who's afraid of a little thunder? And he gets fried. Yeah. And, and, uh, we'll check in with Volgan later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll check in. Um, but for all intents and purposes, that's the end of him. Um, I, I actually don't mind the last little stealth section with Eva when you have to treat her injuries because she gets uh, stuck on a branch that yeah. goes through her. And yeah. You have to, yep. uh, you know, help her out with that. And kind of it's, it's, I was like, Oh no, because it's like kind of an escort mission. Yeah. But it's very brief. It's very brief. Doesn't really. And then, um, you get into, you finally, uh, catch up with the boss who is in, uh, this beautiful, beautiful picturesque set piece, huge field of white flowers. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just like, she gives you this big speech and, um, I just wanted to talk to you. I mean, now that you're kind of, um, you're kind of seeing how it all fits together at the mm-hmm. end here. I thought it was really interesting that kind of the, you're getting into the, like sort of Kojima's closing statements here about the whole affair and how, you know, there's, there's no such thing as an absolute enemy and like how much of it is due to circumstance and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just like certain, I, on, on, you know, I 90% agree with him uh, in that sense and how, how all this came together, but I can't imagine a scenario in which Colonel Volgan and you know the fear and all those guys aren't my enemy. Like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Maybe they had fucked up lives. I don't know. I don't know. They they do mention very. I wanted to mention this is that um, the Cobra unit stormed uh, Normandy. Yep. And I, I I just of course they did. I just want to see it. I just yeah. want to see a cutscene where that happened. Yeah. I can't even can't even fathom it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this fight with the boss is like pretty cool. It's awesome. Well, I feel like. Do you want to maybe talk a little bit about kind of bring all the listeners up to the story implications here? Why are you fighting the boss other than oh, she was your enemy the whole? It, they told you to. Yeah, I mean, and she, she kind of reveals some stuff to you. She does, and she's pretty much like you know, revealing that like you you've been a pawn pretty much, and why do you, why are you doing this? You know, are you loyal to me or your country? Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys want to weigh in about like sort of like the weight behind you know the setup of this boss battle? Yeah. So from what I understand, um, um, boss being killed is uh, is is set up by the United States government to sort of to 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 keep the cover up in place, right? Yeah. Just just wash their hands of yeah, uh, to wash their hands of the Russian conflict. The boss had to die, and yeah. so. Now maybe you can clear up like her her defecting was also set up. Yeah, I believe that was set up to. This may not be revealed till later, but for all intents for all intents and purposes, and purposes, and, and she essentially it's really weird. It's like a really interesting passing of the torch where she's like, there can only be one boss. What what she really means is she has to die for the world to survive, and yeah. you they need to set up a story where Snake kind of defeats evil and saves United States and world, even yeah. though it was all. Um, a ruse, yeah. But you have to kill her. Not, not wholly unlike what happened with Solidus, where it's like, yeah. you really gonna? Do? You don't really have a choice. This boss I actually thought was kind of cool, where I actually used a combination of sniping and like and, and um, claymores. You, yeah, and you can you can sneak through it. Um, you can't like the uh, fake death pill won't work on her. Yeah, <laughs> she'll just say get up. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> um, no, it's very picturesque and cinematic and really cool. Um, and it's. It's kind of interesting too that they um, not only that like everything you said, but you know she had to kill the sorrow, and you were kind of having to kill her in the same way. Yeah, and um, the the whole like snake scar and everything, and you, I I can't remember where it is revealed that she and the sorrow are Ocelot's parents. Oh what? Um, I didn't even know. You that. know that? No, yeah, it's pretty oh, wow. cool. Okay. And so it, it kind of adds this whole other layer to his relationship with Snake, and that they're they're kind of like the two. 
yeah. brothers, I guess. Um, but no, it's it's um, it's really intense. It's kind of tough. Yeah. Um, and she's really not like pulling any punches. It doesn't seem like no, like she will see CQ, CQC you and, and throw your gun away. Yeah. And fuck stuff you like. up. What's really interesting though, but Derek, you've brought this up before on the Metal Gear on the Metal Gear Solid podcast, where the, I think Kojima does this too much. Where why does any boss try to kill you if the point is that you shouldn't die for the story to continue? Yeah. You know what I mean? There's too many. There's too much of that stuff. I think. I think for this particular purpose it was because it, it needed to look good it, well it would have felt inauthentic if like if she let you kill her it would have defeated the purpose yeah you know what i mean like it's just kind of like that last like test like you can do this yeah you know mm-hmm. i know you can kill me etc and they they really um it's it's a very kind of paradise lost moment where yeah. You, it forces you to pull the trigger. You, the player. To yes, pull the when you when you her. quote unquote beat the boss, there's a little bit of like a uh, almost like a, a interactive cinematic where you have to. There's this scene where you're kind of pointing a gun at her and you can't walk away. The game won't end unless you pull the trigger yep. and kill her. It's pretty cool. And um, it winds up. It turns all the flowers in the field red. Yeah, it's very very cinematic. Um, Before like we go on and on. Uh, forever should we maybe kind of get to the you know end of the game here you know the escape sequence kind of what happens because there's a kind of a lot to talk about yeah there is there's one last little bit of gameplay where you're on the plane yeah and um and you have one last little showdown with ocelot which Mm -hmm. i like um and you find because he's he's been um the one bullet that has been kind of in play the whole time has been hanging on a chain on his Mm -hmm. neck and he kind of he loads it into one of the guns and he does like the uh, the shell game, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you know, um, you have to pick one. And I think you, it can play out a couple different ways. Like you can get the one that has it. He can get the one that has it, or you can get it and not shoot him, etc. Mm-hmm. But the whole the, the coolest thing about the whole you know, it's been in play the whole time, but it's a blank. Mm-hmm. And I th- thought that was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you know what? Well, I guess we'll never know. Right. 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 <laughs> And he takes off. And what I thought was really cool that people don't seem to talk about a lot is that um, Snake and Eva escape to Alaska, which yes. is where the first game takes place, which is awesome. Um, and then you get this, like, dude, the, the entire, like, endgame sequence is such a gut punch. Yeah, I think I think the endgame sequence is really interesting. Yeah. There is something that I have not loved about some of these Metal Gear Solid games where... A lot is revealed to you off camera, yeah. or that you didn't play it. Kojima is just saying, "Well, thanks for playing." By the, the way, <laughs> no, thanks for playing the game, but this actually happened. Yeah, like okay. Do you want to maybe do like a quick sort of wrap up of what actually happens in this final cinematic? Like, what's what are all the big reveals? Yeah, so Snake and Eva bang, and uh, yeah. it's revealed. This it's a very, I think, cool thing is that she leaves a tape for you. And you see Snake listening to the tape, like having this like out of body experience where he is seeing himself like asleep and Eva is stealing the philosopher's legacy from him mm-hmm. and, um, you know, taking off. And she is essentially she's revealing that the whole thing with the boss was, you know, it was all a setup. She never defected in the first place. It was all just, you know, to cover up, you know, the, the Colonel, world conflict. Colonel Vulcan launching the nuke in the first place. And it's like it's basically like you were. You were a complete pawn. You killed one of the closest people, effectively your mother, you know, mm-hmm. just as a move. Um, and it's it's heavy. It's heavy duty. And I it's mean, also like she also reveals she's working for the Chinese. Right. 
Uh, so she that's why this is the tough part about this game to fall there's a lot of double agent stuff going yeah. on mm-hmm. like Eva was working for the Chinese and you killing the boss well, was a setup a little foreshadowed earlier on because she's using a Chinese pistol to yeah. draw attention to which is cool mm-hmm. um, but uh, the post credits does reveal that Ocelot was actually working for America so Ocelot is also a double agent like, right. a lot of this stuff it, it can be a lot to wrap your brain around there's, for sure there's a lot of just kind of the consequences of of living a lie and you know can you really like like how much of being a spy is 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 authentic and what does it mean to be loyal to your country and does it really matter in the end Mm -hmm. yeah um i just i think um Eva's performance is a little hammy. Yeah, I mean, it is. They, they, uh, they overtly try to do the, the seductress thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I, overall, I think, you know, and he winds up, the boss's grave is just unmarked. It says a patriot who saved the world. Yeah, because it, she had to die. And, yeah. and you know, that, that iconic final shot of him just saluting, saluting. the grave. Pretty it's cool. like, yeah, that's cinema, baby. Yeah, I mean, now we could talk about Metal Gear for so long. I do. You guys want to maybe uh, wrap here? Maybe talk about grades. Talk about fine. Let's do very quick final thoughts. Yep. Derek, do you want to maybe give us some final thoughts about this end game? And oh, if you wanted to give it a grade, what would you give it? Oh, I, I have no idea what I how I grade this game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I suppose um, I'll always love MGS two more because yeah. you know uh, it's an insane meta narrative, which yeah. I'll admit I'm a sucker for. Uh, I do appreciate how at the beginning of MGS three, there's that there's that little line where Zero um, tells Snake that he's about to embark on the the virtuous mission, and then yeah. Snake replies, "Virtual mission? Uh, no, a virtuous mission." Which I think <laughs> it was Kojima's way of telling the audience, uh, "There's no get, tricks, the, the guys. Don't don't worry. The, it's real this time. It's not a simulation." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, which was which I suppose was also um, a little nod to. Um, did you say nerd? Not nerd. Yeah. Node. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I don't, yeah, I, I, I did, um, sort of appreciate how it was. I mean, I, in its own right, I, I'm glad it's sort of like a return to form after the insanity that was MGS two. But, but again, like I mentioned this in the last podcast as well, where like, it, it is pretty miraculous how like exactly according to plan, like, like how, everything how, goes, how, how precisely, sorry, I, I worded that wrong. How, um, how, precisely according to plan everybody's plans played out yeah uh, sure like it's pretty miraculous con- everyone's con- con- double con- agentry con- considering the, yeah. the the very complex progression of events yeah how like everything the boss and eva like planned on having happened happened and ocelot because he's a double agent too that, apparently that, right that's true yeah. yeah um do you have a grade for us oh geez um <sighs> hard to say uh I'll, I'll, I'll give it an a minus oh wow okay yeah. generous yeah. um okay i i think this is a tough one where it's uh, like I said in the first five seconds, like Beppy and I had very reverse experiences from Silent Hill 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3. Where like I didn't really like playing this game, but I like the story of this game. Mm-hmm. So I think this game is like, for me, it's like a B, where I'm like, I didn't really like playing it, but I like the story and how it wraps up. And I really liked the, I really liked all the story beats the entire time. And there's a, what I just, I, it's un, just unfortunate that I missed a lot of cool stuff. I just had like an unfortunate run mm-hmm. gameplay wise. It's like a B for me. I don't know. What do you think? Like, I don't, I, I don't know if you've ever revealed your favorite Metal Gear, but go ahead. What's no, this one I mean, you? well, I think um, the previous, I had eight for Metal Gear one, uh, Metal Gear Solid one, um, two, I had a 10. I'd give this one a nine. Okay. Yeah. I, I so. think it's uh, just a, a slight cut down. Like I said, uh, I agree with you on all of the gameplay merits. It's very, uh, 
and it hasn't aged uh, super well in that mm-hmm. respect. I don't really like uh, crawling around in the grass where you can't really see what's going on. Yeah, they're a lot slower, um, and that's it's it's harder to it's harder to uh, swallow that when the uh, you know I I, I would I would uh, totally be fine with slower gameplay if the controls were a little tighter. Um, yeah, but I sure. think I think in terms of what it accomplished for story and characters and themes in 2004, I think a nine is fair. Yeah, um, I think that's going to do it for uh, Metal Gear Solid Three. And next time we will talk about Metal Gear Solid Four. Sons um, of the Patriots. Yeah, there's a lot to discuss with that I one have too. So much more to say about this one. Yeah. So thank Jesus you guys Christ. for uh, sticking sticking with us through this uh, retrospective, and we will see you next time. Thanks.